well, we're we're rolling. Oh, we're we're roller, oh, okay? rollerballing. Yeah, we we uh, do a cold open. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this is the cool. I mean, is it really a cold open if we like announce that it's a cold open every time? Oh, I didn't know it was an open. <laughs> okay, well, no, all right, yes, definitely in the cold. There's usually yeah. a little bit of audio where we're talking before we say, "Oh, hey, everybody." Yeah. Yeah. One of us says something like funny, relatable, yeah. charming, mm-hmm. and then we're like, "Oh, hey, it's 2002, a <laughs> film odyssey." Yeah. Your number one podcast. Uh, for all things 2002. I'm Dan. And I'm... Oh, are we going? Is I mean, a- I guess. I just thought it'd be cool <laughs> if I just, like, jumped right in there. And... Uh, and I'm Andrew. Yep. And uh, and we're back. Back with Rollerball. Yeah, Rollerball, rollerball is the, the topic of discussion. John McTiernan's 2002 remake of Rollerball, the 1975 version of uh, the same name. Rollerball, <laughs> as uh, Paul oh, Heyman say, uh, Paul Heyman. yeah, <laughs> yeah. If um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Paul Heyman, but I do know him a little bit because I used to be more into wrestling, uh, and, I, and that's he's from the wrestling world, though, right? Oh yeah, he's a legend. He's still, the... he's still very huge in the wrestling. Is he really? Right now. Okay. Well, uh, if you hear that voice. That's our guest. Yeah. We got Chris. We have a very special guest here. Uh, good friend of ours, uh, longtime friend and colleague, Chris Baker is here. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Uh, and also Chris Klein is here with us. magic. I love this job. <laughs> Chris Klein to talk about his uh, role in Rollerball. Now, unfortunately, we just have one Chris here for yeah. this, uh, this episode. Well, I'm glad it's this one and not Klein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Rollerball, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the original Rollerball, and uh, we'll do a little bit of comparison of the two and we'll talk about some folks that were in the movie like chris klein and ll cool j and rebecca romaine rebecca romaine uh stamos stamos at that yeah, point she was stamos, stamos at the yeah. time yeah yeah i like to be respectful though i like to not <laughs> add the stamos now. Oh, yeah. a lot don't, of people don't yeah, yeah. a uh, lot of people still still attach the stamos on her and she's been married to uh jerry o'connell jerry o'connell for much mm-hmm. longer than she was ever with john stamos i believe it's probably better she didn't throw o'connell on the end because well <laughs> actually stamos Re- o'connell Re- yeah, rebecca yeah, romaine Re- o'connell Whoa. what if it was rebecca romaine stamos o'connell uh-huh. that'd be great <laughs> i i think there was a uh I read that there was a Conan interview she did where she said that she didn't, she never legally dropped the Stamos. Oh, interesting. So she might still be Rebecca Romaine Stamos. O'Connell. O'Connell. It, it does <laughs> seem like a pain in the ass, like legally having to change your name back after Could doing be. it for marriage or whatever. So, like, I've always. I've always been not envious of, like, women who go through divorces or whatever <laughs> who've taken the name and then are just like. Well, I guess I'm this now. <laughs> I Regardless. I'll, I guess I'll stay Stamos. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have a good relationship. Maybe it's not that weird. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I don't I know. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about all those things and a little bit about John McTiernan, the director, and uh, 
a little bit about the uh, behind the scenes of this movie. Oh, it's got quite it's a story. Got quite uh, quite a production and post production uh, story behind it that we'll get into. But uh, this movie's so bad, someone literally went to prison. Yeah, for somebody it. went to prison. <laughs> yeah. And not Chris Klein. No. <laughs> not Chris Klein, although he should be sent to the Hague for crimes against acting. Because it could be the worst performance. Well, maybe maybe not, but... I, I think he's worse there. than Street Fighter, but... Yeah. that's. I mean, yeah. you're splitting hairs when you're talking Klein. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about all those things, and and we'll talk about the, the hardest I've laughed at a sound effect in a movie <laughs> in... <laughs> Yes. I know exactly in, what you're in, talking about. In, in years. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because oh, I also no. laughed out loud when I was watching this movie at like 7 in the morning well, one day. We'll keep our, our listeners hooked. Uh, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about it a little later because I may have uh, recorded it. Oh, oh thank you. And, and brought it. Oh. Brought it. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't think we'll get any copyright. Uh, I don't think we'll Probably break any that. rules for it. Uh, John so. McDaniel's got enough. <laughs> He's got enough issues yeah. of his own. Come on. If we play a, he, a five second clip from Rollerball, he might like uh, legally not be allowed to do anything related <laughs> to this movie because of what happened. So. Yeah, I think this is the safety movie where you can yeah. really just not worry about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, we don't have to jump right into Rollerball. We can uh, we can chill out. We can take it easy for a minute. Uh, yeah, we can. Chris, that's something we do uh, at the beginning of every episode, is we, we call it chilling out. Uh, chill right. out. Saying chilling we call out with it Dan that. and Andy. Yeah, Dan and Andy. <laughs> we, we don't call it that. Andrew calls it that. Uh, but yeah, that is something we do. The famous um, segment on this show. Yeah, yeah, people come far and wide for the chill out segment. Um, yeah, have you watched anything recently? Besides the rollerballs, much. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I had a, a little, little bout with COVID a, a, sure. a, about a month ago, and mm-hmm. I watched so much in that that I, can I can't even remember half the things <laughs> I yeah. watched. Sure. I did, you know, I think I did during that time. Sydney Boitier passed away, so I watched. Guess who's coming to dinner and in mm-hmm. the heat of the night? Mm-hmm. Not having seen either. Mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, those I... are both fantastic movies, and and it was it was cool because I'd seen some of his stuff, but I haven't watched anything of his in years and years mm-hmm. and years. And it it's you know morbid reason to take take that back on, but I mm-hmm. was laying in bed and had nowhere to go. And, and yeah, yeah, why not? So that was good, and then I watched Malignant. So, there you Malignant's go. a fun, um, really fun second half. Yeah. The whole second half of that movie's so crazy and uh, weird, and it's a really fun time. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen Malignant. It's a good time. But, uh, mm-hmm. It's a good time. But I, I also recent, not recently, like three years ago, I think I watched In the Heat of the Night for the first time. It's pretty good. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. it's another Norman Jewison. Mm. Is it really? Yeah, I did not mm. know that. Tying uh, it all together. Who, uh, uh, I looked up I six looked... years later would direct uh, the original Rollerball. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, what's the Sidney Poitier uh, movie that's they call me Mr. Tibbs? That's in the heat of the night. Okay, that's yeah. in the heat of the night. But okay. there were. But then uh, they yeah they made there it. were three of those Mr. Tibbs movies. Right. Uh, 
Was the second one called They Call Me Mr. Tibbs? I think it might have been. Uh, I, I, that's the only one I've watched. I only had COVID for a week. Yeah, I got it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, w- I would like to see the the two sequels because they kind of sound like they go into Dirty Harry territory a little bit. Yeah, a lot it's, less just about the culture and the times. And yeah real stuff and more into like I'm just Mr. like Tibbs. yeah just like tough guy cop movies <laughs> yeah well that's what they too. look like but uh and the organization is the third one which is i'm assuming him taking on the mob that's just my guess my mom actually met sydney potier on, on a plane once mm-hmm. and she even said like the line mm-hmm. but she said they call me mrs keys that's my mom's last name mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm and he, I guess he laughed. I, I don't know. I guess he, was, I guess he was somewhat charmed by it. I don't know. I, I feel like, or he was just great at being polite because he's probably heard variations of that line a million times. He's just trained life. himself to laugh at right, that joke. Yeah, a polite <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, so anything else you've watched? That's about it. Not really. That you can think of. Yeah, I've been so busy. I've been watching just the worst stuff. Yeah. That's the worst. Like, the Kitchen worst. nightmares. Well, I mean, you know. <clears throat> like TV, me. like trashy reality yeah, TV. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, sometimes that's like all my brain can handle. Yeah, know? and I've kind of been on that, that level. I've just been busy and shows and gigs and practices and stuff that sometimes yeah. when I come home, I just turn my brain off and then I go to bed. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I definitely get in moods like that where it's like, I think about it and I'm like, well, I haven't watched a movie in a week, but I have watched about like 40 fast food YouTube <laughs> review guys. Yeah. Like, on, on the same. I'm just like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> you, you could have watched uh, half a season of The Wire at that point. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked a lot uh, like <laughs> off mic about like how much of The Sopranos I could have watched in the time that I was watching, you know. But you can't just those... get up and go pee during The Sopranos and <laughs> not feel bad about it. Right. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> if, if it's like, oh man, no, they're about to get to the pulled pork sliders. I, and I'm just gonna, man, I know I gotta wait this out and I'll pause it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where my brain's at. Wait to see what this Cup guy puts. thinks about this yeah. chicken sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a chicken sandwich. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's, like, fine. Like, I, I'm kind of actually in, in one of those moods right now, too, like, where I haven't really been watching a lot of stuff. Um, and the stuff that I have been watching is, like, kind of stupid anyway. Like, like I've been watching... Uh, we talked last time I, I'd watched Sudden Impact again, the fourth Dirty Harry movie. Mm-hmm. So I've watched like two more Dirty Harry movies and then Absolute Power, mm-hmm. the Clint Eastwood 90s uh, political thriller, conspiracy thriller that we mm-hmm. watched uh, last week. And that's that's like all I've watched lately. It's just like Clint Eastwood <laughs> shit. Clint Eastwood like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> libertarian, uh, libertarian dream movies. Yeah. Those Dirty Harry movies rule though. Yeah, I mean the first one's so good. Uh... Mm-hmm. Four, I like four. Uh, I don't like three. Two's pretty good, and I haven't I haven't rewatched five, which is uh, the Deadpool, the one with yeah. Jim Carrey and Liam Neeson. Five's tight. I never saw that. Uh, you should see the Deadpool. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Jim Carrey. 
Yeah, he's, we, he's actually not in it all that much. <laughs> we we <laughs> talked about this literally on the last episode. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then but, we won't rehash. I mean, we could. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jim Carrey is in it as a, a guy who gets murdered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 By by Liam Neeson, who's the the killer in the yeah. movie. Uh, you you said that last time, and I don't. You know, I I don't want to get spoilers. Well, okay, okay, yes, he's the presumed killer yeah. for most of the movie. He's he's the red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just I I, I was that's the easiest way to <laughs> to explain it because that's how the movie like presents it. Mm-hmm. Like he's presented as being the obvious like suspect. Yeah. So um, what's funny about that movie is the killer, if I remember correctly, is like nobody. Like he's <laughs> was maybe seen once in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- nobody though, not. Buddy Noon. Not Buddy Noon. <laughs> from Bloodwork. Yeah, another Clint Eastwood uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pop oiler. Right, which yeah. we watched that trailer. That trailer was pretty funny. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Bloodwork? No. Uh, it's a 2002 movie, so we're going to be covering it's coming it up. on oh, this nice. show. Yeah. But it's... Uh, Clint Eastwood's like a, a cop who had a heart transplant. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, the the heart came from the serial killer no no that couldn't have been right i mean i don't understand it's like i don't i don't remember what exactly it is but the serial killer he got an organ from the serial killer that it's taunting him yeah yeah i mean that's a yeah that's a classic story yeah (laughs) i mean i i don't know i'm thinking specifically of the simpsons um homer gets snakes uh, hair as his toupee after uh-huh. the snake is, yeah. is elect, you know, electrocuted in, the, in a, you know, an execution. Yeah. That's my frame of reference. But I feel like that there's very yeah. many of those. Yeah. Well, if it sounded like uh, Clint Eastwood turns into a killer because he has that heart transplant, that is not what it is. Oh, it's not what it is? No. Well, that's what I thought it was. Uh, no. Cool. And now I don't you know, well, I watch I would, it as much. That would be great. Now that I'm thinking about it, the, the, uh, the heart does not come from no the because there's no way he could give well, obviously heart. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he died yeah. <laughs> that's the end of the movie yeah but he I think the killer uh, set up the heart trans oh he killed the woman whose yeah. heart he got that's so right. he could keep right. doing the cat and mouse thing with the killer we haven't rewatched that movie yet because it's coming up eventually so it's something yeah. we'll cover. But it, it was interesting because it's the last of the Clint Eastwood, like, goofy mysteries before yeah, he just like, exclusively went into uh, Oscar bait kind of movies. Yeah, like, yeah. he did Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby yeah, right mm-hmm. after that. So Yeah, Flags of Our Fathers. Right. And Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah. But there was a run in, like, the late 90s where Clint Eastwood just did, like, goofy paperback mystery in the nice. line of fire, absolute power, yeah. true, true crime, crime mm-hmm. uh, blood then work. blood work in O two, yeah. yeah, yeah, and all those are fun mm-hmm. to very. I mean, true crime is pretty shitty, but uh, true crime is very stupid. Yeah, yeah. He only did one movie with a monkey. Uh, I think he, he did two. <laughs> he did actually. two. All right. There's well, a sequel. There's... Any which way <laughs> you can in uh... every oh, which way but loose. Yeah. Every which way but loose. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. All right. Well. But I, I don't remember which one. Sorry, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, underestimated you. 
but um, yeah, we watched Absolute Power for movie night. Last right. Week. Yeah, I yeah. picked it last week because I had never seen it. Yeah. Travis had never seen it, uh, and it was always kind of like one of those ones that I wanted to see because mm-hmm. it just seemed entertaining. Not because I thought it'd be like really good or whatever. Right. And it wasn't really good, but it was definitely like pretty <laughs> entertaining. pretty entertaining. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's one of those. Uh, it it's goes a, at a very slow speed. Yeah, <laughs> that movie. I mean, yeah. the funniest thing about it is probably the the disguises that he wears. Yeah, because like half the time he just looks like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be this like master of makeup and disguise, <laughs> and then and then he just like puts on a trench coat and some glasses, and it's like <laughs> it's Clint Eastwood. No yeah, and like holds an umbrella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, funniest part was when they lost him. <laughs> and they like found the trench coat on the ground, and he was just—he was just him in a cop uniform, and they still yeah. couldn't find him. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris, if you don't know what that movie is, it's—he uh, plays a master thief who witnesses the president of the United States uh, commit a murder. Uh, oh, you've seen? I, it? I saw it when I was very young. Yeah, and well, not very young, you yeah. know, when it came out. But yeah. it was a—it uh, was boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, like I don't remember much. Kind of boring, it. but in a, a nice way. Yeah, it's nowhere near as good as like in the line of fire, which no. yeah. rules. In the line of fire is awesome. Yeah, fire is yeah. Uh, yeah. So I watched. Uh, oh, did you have any more? No, movies? no, that's yeah. all I've watched. The Eastwood stuff. Uh, yeah, I actually watched quite a bit since our last recording. I watched uh, Absolute Power with you. And I watched a few older movies. I watched, uh, I'd watched a lot, so I'll go quick. I watched, uh, Mr. Majestic with, uh, Charles Bronson. Oh. Have you heard of that, Chris? No. So I was telling Dan this, that I thought <laughs> that, uh, I, I was expecting an entirely different movie when I, like, popped it in. I thought it was, like, a kind of a breezy caper movie, like, about a, like, a thief who you know, I don't know, goofy things happen or something like that, but that's not what it is at all. It's like about a, uh, he plays a, a melon farmer named Vincent Majestic. Okay. Uh, Majestic's melons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, this movie's about a melon farmer? Uh, who just gets like, uh, he's like s- sticking up for some migrant workers and uh, gets mixed up with some local criminals and uh, it's kind of, I would probably compare it to, uh, Walking Tall, like the OG Walking Tall, in that it's, like, about, like, small town justice and him, like, taking on local criminals. Uh, it was a good, that. a good time. We talked about The Simpsons a second ago, you referenced it, uh-huh. and one of my favorite all-time Simpsons bits is, uh, well, they've, they've had a couple of Charles Bronson <laughs> jokes on The Simpsons. Yeah. But I think my favorite is when they think they're going to... Branson, Missouri, and yeah. they go to Bronson, Missouri, <laughs> and it's just and it's... everyone with Charles Bronson's face and voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, Ma, a... how about some cookies? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Majestic, I would recommend. Uh, you can. It's on uh, Kino Blu-ray, I think, put it out. Um, mm-hmm. So that one was pretty good, and I watched a movie called... Um, Sitting Target with Oliver Reed, like kind of a British gangster movie, uh, with a, a very young Ian McShane looking pretty handsome. I've never seen him look so young. 
am used to old old Ian, Ian McShane. McShane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Saying cocksucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, this movie is about like a a criminal who uh, is in prison and gets word that his uh, or learns that his wife is having uh, an affair and uh, breaks out to to kill her. That's wow. what it's about. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. Aggressive. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, it's a that's a funny that's a funny lead-in to saying it sounds or it's awesome yeah it's a good good 70s like crime movie yeah 70s Uh, awesome is different from you know today's awesome in some ways right and i think you know there's some of that in world ball 75 <laughs> yeah, it may not sound great if I say, "Oh yeah, it's about a guy who breaks out of prison to murder his wife." <laughs> may not sound awesome, but in a certain way, it is. Uh, kind of like uh, Point Blank, I would compare it to. Yeah, Lee Marvin. Yeah, Lee Marvin, and that uh, I watched on like a Warner Archive DVD. Yeah, I ca- saw a couple new things. I saw Jackass Forever, which is you know. This is entertaining. This is what you would expect. Yeah, I'm probably gonna see that yeah. in the next week. I would say. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know what you're getting into with that. Yeah, and, and that's everything I want. Yeah, you know, like that's <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, how's the plot? Because the last one <laughs> never lacked. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I mean, people get like bitten. No, no spoilers. Oh, oh, no spoilers. Sorry, sorry. No, no. spoilers. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, please no. All right, no spoilers. Uh, so that was, you know, a good time. Um, I saw The Worst Person in the World the other night. I want to see that. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was good. Uh, we'll we'll get into it when you see it, but it was quite good. Yeah, it, a lot of that stuff's playing around here now. Um, I assume yeah. in advance of the Oscars or whatever, because that's playing. Drive My Car is playing pretty close still. Yeah. So there's a lot of that late uh, late twenty twenty one stuff that's still around. So. Yeah, I'd like to get to it. I, I ended up canceling my AMC Movie Pass just recently just because I hadn't been seeing enough stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna go see Jackass before it runs out in like a yeah. week. But uh, uh, well, worst person in the world is at AMC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I'll maybe I'll try and uh, plan it on a day off next week and yeah. uh, do a double feature or something. Be a good one. This is uh, exciting podcast talk. I was talking about local showtimes. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not well, drive by cars playing at the art theater. Yeah, yeah. What, what time tomorrow is it the playing? The local art theater. <laughs> yeah. From the town where. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, Yes, I saw those movies in theaters, and then I watched uh, a movie called A Hero that's on Amazon Prime. Also, no, no, I was going to say it's nominated for Best Foreign Film, but it's not. I think it was probably like in the running, but it didn't get nominated. Iranian film, directed by uh, uh, Oscar Farhadi, uh, who did like A Separation. Oh, I never mm-hmm. saw that. Yeah, that makes just like really good like moral dramas, uh, and this one was also really good uh, and i think that's about it oh no i watched uh, striking distance the other night because it was recommended to me on tubi which is a movie that i have seen before bruce willis Sarah bruce Jessica willis parker yep uh very cool uh, that's a pittsburgh movie right it is a pittsburgh movie yeah. yeah my dad's from pittsburgh and he uh 
I think he's a fan of that movie just because it was filmed in Pittsburgh. They yeah. have some Pittsburgh uh, background. Oh yeah. yeah, it's he plays a a a burnt out riverboat cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I actually uh, watched some of Striking Distance like last year on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's directed by Rowdy Harrington of Roadhouse fame. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like a little tongue in cheek. It's kind of a kind of like a modern giallo kind of. Uh, it's 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 good for what it is. Yeah. That, when I was younger, I thought it was really stupid, but when I watched it this week, I was like, this movie's kind of solid interesting how your tastes have regressed as an adult <laughs> isn't that how it goes yeah, yeah. yeah. i used to watch smarter things. yeah oh yeah. totally uh, <laughs> i've spent the last like three weeks watching nothing but old dirty harry movies i've already seen yeah. uh but yeah watch striking distance it's I on will. tubi if it's yeah. on tubi also Shout out to Tubi. Yeah, because I I've never you should... watched anything on Tubi until I realized that both of the Rollerball movies are on Tubi. <laughs> but then, like, it'll say as soon as each movie ended, it'll pull up something where I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. Like, if, <laughs> yeah. if you want anything that is kind <laughs> of corny and not on any other streaming platform, it's probably on who. On, on Tubi, Tubi, not Hulu. Not, yeah, not Hulu. I was about to say Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. We watched a lot of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I will say the because uh, we watched. Well, I didn't watch the seventies Rollerball. I'll I'll get that out of the way now. Uh, sorry, but uh, it, the the ad breaks on Tubi are a lot less distracting than you kind of think they would be. Mm-hmm. I actually, especially when you're watching something as well, spoiler shitty as this movie Aww. you you kind of appreciate those ad breaks it's like a little chance to like yeah. catch your breath you know just kind of decompress after yeah. watching a, an awful night vision sequence mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> they they place the ad breaks in between scenes yeah, yeah they, which nobody else gives you that no. that nicety like, they do they do place the ads at good yeah, spots yeah um, sometimes like really great spots yeah like, oh that's a tense line and, and all right time. and i i appreciate when you come back from the ads they show you like the previous like five seconds of you know where you left off mm-hmm. yeah yeah so to be thank you yeah, thanks. This TV. week's sponsor is Tubi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send uh, us free... Oh, it's already free. Never mind. Yeah. No, Striking Distance <laughs> Striking Distance started immediately after uh, Rollerball. Oh, sweet. Like, it just started playing, so it was like, yeah, I'll watch it. You just let it happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, you guys should watch Striking Distance. I know you might think, like, Andrew's, like, crazy right now, but John Mahoney's in it. Tom Sizemore. I mean, it's I'll definitely you, got guys. I'll tell you what, if it pops up after the next thing I watch yeah. on Tubi, okay. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that's about all I've watched. Shall we get into Rollerball? Yeah, let's 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 roll. Let's do it. We're done chilling. Let's ball. <laughs> <laughs> let's ball. <laughs> well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, did, did you guys see this in theaters? No, uh, I saw this movie on cable 
mm-hmm. later in 2002, like yeah. whenever it first hit cable. Mm-hmm. So probably would have been pretty late 2002 because yeah. it would have taken time to come to DVD and then, you know, even more time to come to cable. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, this movie got such bad reviews, like mm-hmm. when it came out, I didn't know anyone who didn't think it was awful that did yeah. see it. So I pretty much avoided it until I saw it on cable. Yeah. It got bad reviews before it came out. Right. Like it had yeah. such bad word of mouth before mm-hmm. it was even released because it got pushed back. Like, it was supposed to come out the summer of 01 mm-hmm. and then came out uh, February of 02. Yeah. yeah. It was a super troubled production and then, like, also way more troubled than we even realized at the time because <laughs> then the McTiernan stuff came out yeah. years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw it opening night, actually. Really? With, uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't, why my buddies and I didn't see the other options, but <laughs> we went with this, and, uh, yeah, nobody from the group enjoyed it. Uh, nobody in the theater seemed to like it. <laughs> there were audible, like, groans, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a movie that, uh, even like, I don't know how fifteen-year-old me couldn't convince myself mm-hmm. was like entertaining. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I actually did kind of think it was funny back then too. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it, I, I, there's no way I would have ever thought it was like good. No. Even even when I was like fifteen. Yeah, and they tried really hard to kind of. Uh, make it appealing for 15 year olds yeah it was yeah. trying to be cool yeah so hard <laughs> and uh yeah not successful uh yeah. yeah it looked it just looked horrible and i never had and i tried to start it maybe three or four times in the last couple weeks <laughs> and just sometimes just said oh not tonight, not tonight. Well, and then there was one time when somebody said hey we're doing this yeah okay cool yeah. Like, let's go. But, so I finally finished, watched the whole thing through today. Today. today Did you yeah. watch it front to back today? Or? Front to back, yeah. Wow. I, I, I kept starting it over. Yeah. I wanted the full, full rollerball experience. So that's, I got it. that street luge scene at the beginning mm-hmm. didn't hook you immediately. <laughs> you I've seen it you were four in. times yeah. now. And boy, is it a scene in a yeah. movie that yeah. exists. Uh, I just, uh-huh. I gotta know, how and why does LL Cool J show up at the end of that race? How does he know? I don't know. I, he's just in town. Yeah. Marcus Ridley. He just shows up. It's like... Well, I think they, they probably... I mean, come on. They, they, the, the corporation... Oh, corporation. They, I mean, they're... they're they, you, he's, he's, he's supposed to be there to try to get yeah, Chris Klein yeah. in... There. So he knows yeah. exactly where he's at. It's also like six thirty in the morning during that scene right. because it takes place. Which like is at yeah, sunset. he's not just joyriding around <laughs> yeah. like like he, there's a couple points in the movie where you see that LL Cool J is he's playing the game very well, playing yeah. the game and then playing the game with the the the, the owners mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. And that's what that was. He's not just out there at six thirty in the morning picking him up for no reason. He's right. picking him up so he's he can be like, "Hey, recruiting uh, him. Hey, rodeo star, yeah. like let's go." Yeah. We, 
Come on, let's make some money. <laughs> right. I think he's a hockey star, not a rodeo star. Yeah, he's a rodeo star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's a he's, he's a, not even a star. An NHL hopeful. Yeah, NHL like hopeful, but no, like uh, he, his character was. Was, was think, he a rodeo guy? Yeah, I thought I that watched, was. I've watched the, the beginning four <laughs> have, times. Yeah. I I he, thought that was just the cover that the the <laughs> rollerball organization. I think so. Okay. Oh no! That, does that come in with the Paul Heyman thing? Yeah, because oh. he gets like a no, and he All has right. a new backstory. That's right. It's the he backstory. He's an NHL hopeful. Okay. Yeah, because right. he's trying to get. Yeah, Paul Heyman's got getting all the notes all the yeah. time. Right. Wow. He wants to. Uh, they duped me. Chris Klein's character <laughs> wants gone. to be a, a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've got under my notes like, why is he a rodeo? <laughs> it doesn't make well, sense. Hopefully that makes more sense. That makes the movie make a little more yeah. sense. <laughs> well, this, this movie's terrible. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's confusing. I guess we could. It's confusing. I guess it's, we could say that at the it's top. It's super poorly made. It's it's yeah. every kind of bad. Yeah. Um, should we do the before we get into the plot? Let's do the like one two sentence uh story pitch yeah i guess so i want to hear it because i'm not sure what it is <laughs> okay all right yeah. so <laughs> me uh, too me too so i gotta so i recently watched both rollerballs and i gotta make sure that i'm like giving the synopsis for the right movie because they're quite different uh so this movie is about a basically like a slightly futuristic very slightly futuristic uh like violent uh roller derby roller derby league mm-hmm. uh that uh kind of creates uh like one particular team kind of creates like gory accidents to make the the telecast like more popular right yeah and they have that amazing rating counter which yeah. just climbs the moment blood is spilled. Yeah, it's yeah. as if people just subconsciously know to tune it, in. Did they even yeah. talk about what the what those numbers are? Like what <laughs> units? It's just like sometimes yeah. it just says like eighteen point one, nineteen point three, twenty point one. Awesome! That's we uh, did it. That's that's thousands of Azerbaijanis that yeah. are watching <laughs> the show. Um. So the the team that our main character is playing for is kind of intentionally creating accidents to boost ratings. And that's basically what it's about. Just like kind of a corrupt rollerball team. Right. Well, corrupt. The owner's corrupt. The owner's corrupt. And he, yeah. he likes staging these sort of things. Yeah. And his team is unwitting for the most part, right? Yeah, I think really they're in on it. No, yeah, the team doesn't yeah. it doesn't know about the, you know, the planned accidents, but um and they well, have we a... grow to love them throughout the next hour <laughs> yeah. and 30 yeah. minutes. So. Like yeah. Oleg Taktarov, you know? yeah, Oleg. Uh well, and there's also another aggressive team which is kind of like the main rival team, so yeah. the Horde. Yeah. The Horde. The yeah. Horde. Yeah. That like jester mask guy right yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, um yeah so this this movie is quite different from the 1975 version um because the so the rollerball 02 takes place in 2005 
It just takes the case because yeah. I didn't even catch. They say it at one point. It takes place in two thousand five. Yeah, okay. it's like near future. It's not really yeah. meant to be super futuristic. Yeah, that's why I said like very slightly futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Rollerball seventy five, the original, that takes place in like twenty eighteen, like way in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And it still looked like the 70s. Yeah. Like the 70s, the future from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of 70s sci-fi. Like uh, Their future looks so so much cooler than where we live right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rollerball 75 looks real cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Architecture's cool. Yeah. Like, just, I want to use use that font for everything. Yeah. Because that font... Stylized font. (laughs) That font is used for everything in the movie. Yes, everything. (laughs) And it's great. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, it it does get a little... If I'm watching a sporting event and I can't tell who's five or six or Mm -hmm. eight because they all look kind of exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a movie. It's not a sporting event. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that font so much. What are Are you two font guys? What font is that? I don't. Rollerball font. Rollerball font. Planning on going and trying to download the rollerball. It might have been a typeface designed for that movie. I'm sure it probably was. Yeah, I feel like by now it's probably there is that is probably like oh yeah. yeah, I think I've used it before, but I don't even think the version I've used before was as cool as that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I was more of a font expert. Yeah. Not a font guy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like. What use do you have for fonts, like, most of the time? Like, you're not, like, a graphic designer, so... Uh, like, you're typing emails in, in the rollerball font? Well, logo, lo- like, uh, for credits. Okay, for, oh, okay, yeah, okay, film, okay, that like, makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. film credits. Uh, right. But... I mean, there's lots of cool typefaces in, like, the uh, Adobe yeah. uh, Premiere, like, font vault thing that mm-hmm. comes with your Adobe subscription, but... It's just that's kind of expensive. Yeah, I, I get it because I have, I have a Photoshop subscription. So, yeah, this has been font talk. Font talk. Font talk. <laughs> font talk. It's all one word. Yeah, the show has has a new title now. Font talk. <laughs> well, fonts might be more interesting than Rollerball two thousand two. <laughs> no, that's uh, not. Good. I I don't think so. Good. I think no, this movie is fascinating. Movie. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> endlessly fascinating. Uh. So, yeah, it, the Rollerball 02 is pretty different than Rollerball 75. Yeah, Rollerball 75 is good. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really like it. Yeah. And it deals with issues. Like mm-hmm. it's, It actually seems to have a point. Yeah. So it's like a big picture thing. It's like uh, some unseen class struggle, because that's not the point of the movie, but there's... A corporate op- op- oppressor, yeah, and like a bloodthirsty, desensitized public, mm-hmm. and but you're just seeing the main story, yeah. Nuanced. Like there's a lot there's going on and stuff, they, and it, in the background of that is lost in in the 2002 version. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because that is something I wanted to talk about because I read some letterbox reviews for the 2002 Rollerball, yeah. Uh, a movie that we all are in agreement is extremely bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but uh, uh, when, it's, when the it's pretty obvious. The very yeah. yeah, the final judgments are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know when we're so, going to get to that, but 
But what I saw was some fascinating mental gymnastics from some Letterboxd users that were convincing themselves that Letterboxd, or that Rollerball 02 was actually some sort of capitalist critique. And while it is in the flimsiest, lightest sense, all of that stuff is just because it is loosely based on the old Rollerball. That's Mm -hmm. where all that stuff comes from. Like, the actual, like, substance, or lack thereof, in Rollerball 02 is nothing critical or, like, substantial at all. Yeah. Uh, The greed comes from gambling mm -hmm. uh and just rich owners owners Mm -hmm. of teams. Yeah. It's a... It's... It's... I don't know. I mean, it it could be a capitalist critique, but like a good one, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, John McTiernan wanted this movie to be less of a social critique than than it even is. Like, if he got his ultimate way, it would have even less (laughs) of that. And this movie has barely any of it. Yeah. And I don't know. Some of those reviews on Letterboxd, not to like... I'm not going to, like, call out any specific users on there, but it was just, like, I was... My mind was blown because I was just, like, (laughs) are we seeing the same thing? You and I seem to have similar politics, but I don't see any of that in this movie. This movie is just (laughs) dog shit. It's... It's, uh... What what does she say? Cowboy hot dog dog shit. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. (laughs) That's what it is. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh... Now I know we'll we'll get to this a little bit later, but is her Rebecca Romaine Stamos her character is Dutch and talks the way she does? You know what? I thought she was like from Azerbaijan or Russia. I like thought I thought Europe. it was said at one point that she was Dutch, but she definitely I'm not has sure a, there was a. I mean, they put she did score. Mm-hmm. goal and yeah. they put the flag next to the person who scores every single time yeah. what but flag was i it? can't remember what flag, okay. flag. maybe her persona I, oh maybe like, like black a, widow yeah yeah maybe that character is dutch like who she's playing you know like the way like sure wrestlers would play guys from other countries or yeah. whatever you know? yeah that's probably true i thought at one point they said she was dutch but for sure had a russian accent and i was, yeah, it was like, very yeah. russian yeah. and that might very well be the case yeah um yeah i mean because that's that's the other thing about this movie this movie is so similar to like this cartoonish version of wwe yeah then wwf um, and it's like, people were like, yeah, John McTiernan satirizing <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon. And I'm like, that would be the case if Vince McMahon's son wasn't in this yeah, movie. No. I think they're <laughs> in on the what, satire. I, I kept trying to figure out, like, is this a WWE Films production? <laughs> it it might have like it, I don't think it was. It, it might as well. Because it, yeah. it would have had the logo somewhere in yeah. there. And it, I mean, it did not. It could have been. Yeah. But I don't think it officially was. No. no, it was not. Yeah, despite having, like, all those cameos and... Yeah, but yeah. Mr. Evil, and he got some money out of it somewhere. <laughs> it, it felt like a WWE film soundtrack as well, oh, based, yeah. on, based on any of those that I've seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it's, like, real different than 
the original Rollerball. Like, I think I said this to you, Chris, like, off mic, that uh, the original is, like, clearly, like, influenced by Kubrick, like, by yeah. 2001 and oh, cool. uh, A Clockwork Orange, for sure. Uh, and the O2 Rollerball is, like, indebted to, like, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, like TRL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, the, like, even the, the original Rollerball opens with, like, uh, like, Bach, like, classical music, and this opens with what, like, P.O.D.? <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something, like yeah. That. Or whatever's playing in yeah. that luge yeah. scene. Yeah, there is, there is a yeah. point where, where, on the screen, Pink is clearly singing, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's Rob Zombie's voice. Yeah. And I didn't get that at all. Duh. <laughs> it's just like how do we get both these in this scene at the same time yeah uh, slamming in the back of her dragula <laughs> what a soundtrack uh, uh really uh slip knots in they're, this movie they're in the movie uh, slip knots oh, actually on. not in I, the movie i was gonna say and they were filmed at a live concert and uh, they just used that footage oh really the movie yeah oh, i was about to I say they up. were they their performance was so good in this movie <laughs> i really believe they were slipknot in the movie but now apparently I mean, they weren't slipknot in the movie. i mean it might have been shot for this movie but it was just at a slipknot yeah. concert and then they just used it that so well lit <laughs> yeah because all the, like, the, the cameos by artists, like, Slipknot and Pink, like, they don't feel connect, like, they feel like they're somewhere else. Like, Pink I think they're supposed to be... a Rob Zombie song. <laughs> She's very clearly Pink. Yeah. And that voice would not come out of that face, but they really made a genuine choice to say, Pink, just sing these lyrics, <laughs> and will trust us. Yeah. Yeah, like the, I think they're supposed to be at the rollerball venue, like people are walking by them playing, but it clearly feels like they're not there. Yeah, yeah like they're somewhere the, else. But the home home team band is clearly there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they're they're there to support the home mm-hmm. team very very clearly. Yeah. yeah, I wish the home team band was real big fish like in basketball. <laughs> yeah. Also. We gotta get a we gotta get a home team band. It's gotta be it's gotta be RBF. Yeah. Uh, so should we like kind of talk about the beginning of Rollerball, like how this movie kind of starts? Oh yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, it starts with the luge scene that we yeah. talked about. Uh, and then LL Cool J uh, rescues Chris Klein yeah. from uh, the police uh-huh. and uh, and then offers him a spot on the team, mm-hmm. on, the, on the rollerball team. Because he hadn't seen him in a while. He's like, how the heck are ya? Yeah. Uh, in Chris Klein voice. Uh-huh. And... Um, Shoo-ba-doo-ba-doo-ba-doo-ba. <laughs> uh, Chris Klein's incredible. Um, He's something else. And, uh, so Chris Klein's like, no, I got tryouts coming up soon or whatever. <laughs> and so, so, uh, Chris Klein plays Jonathan Cross. Jonathan Cross. Uh, not, uh, Jonathan E. Jonathan E. Who from... is the main character from Rollerball 75. And 
performance wise, I can't like so James Con. <laughs> sure. And Chris Klein. Yeah. It's like I don't know, like who's doing better work here? Yeah, well I mean Chris Klein Chris Klein <laughs> is on another level. He really is in this movie. I I said this before we recorded. I think Chris Klein might be the worst actor mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Yeah, he's like, one of the worst ones we've got. I think so. I think I think I have two primary in terms of like people with like actual like leading Hollywood roles mm-hmm. because it's unfair for me to like compare him to just some guy who maybe has a tiny role in some B movie or something like that because that's not the same thing. Like Chris Klein got actual Hollywood leading roles and is the talent in quotes that he is. Um, I I would only say he's rivaled by Chuck Norris <laughs> who is the other actor that I think yeah. is possibly the worst actor ever to appear in a movie yeah they're they're both like actors who can't quite be human beings on, yeah. on screen they can't yeah. convince you of anything no matter what it yeah. is yeah uh yeah so uh Jonathan Cross is a uh, uh he wants to play for the NHL but I, I guess he just kind of like takes jobs doing uh, extreme like sports, extreme like illegal, <laughs> like illegal extreme sports gigs. Um, yeah, well, they were like filming it, so I assume it would have been for some sort of like yeah video or something that would have been sold. So yeah. that's why he was paid for it, I guess. So he was hired to do like uh, an illegal like body surfing race down the streets of San Francisco, uh, you know, an illegal street luge. San Francisco, yeah, it's unnecessary, and it didn't seem for a competition at all. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, like you said, when he gets to the bottom of the hill, LL Cool J is just there for some reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, So get in. His buddy from years ago. Yeah, I don't know what sport they would have played together. Maybe LL Cool J also played Mm -hmm. hockey, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, I can't remember. Play hockey? They, I mean, I guess. Like they knew each other from school, like college. They're also way different ages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah LL Cool J is like at least ten years is older. Also, safety precautions in this movie, I think, is something that comes up constantly. He's wearing a a bike helmet while he's mm-hmm. street losing, and his competition is wearing a full, yeah. proper, yeah. losing <laughs> helmet. <laughs> Yeah, and that yeah, I'll bring that up again when it comes <laughs> towards the end of the movie because uh, I guess I interpreted that like it, that was his amateur status. Like he's he was a, just taking the yeah. job. Like he wasn't really prepared for it. He's no. a bad but boy. I think that's probably reading too much. Okay. Into it. <laughs> I mean, can I jump to the end of the movie? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It might. So, well. the, uh, all right. So in the middle of the movie, his his. Teammate gets his his uh his chain strap cut. Yeah. So they're able to knock off his his helmet and get smashed in the face. Mm-hmm. And they ma- he makes a huge deal about it and brings it up to the owner and says, yeah. "Did you see this?" Yeah. Cut to the end of the movie. Final. The the entirety of the final game, mm-hmm. his chin straps are hanging down <laughs> on the side of his face. Yeah, and he's doing flips all over the place. Yeah, he's all and over. It's the place. never once connected, and it it just doesn't well, make any sense. It's because he doesn't actually have hair. the The helmet was just grafted onto his skull, like yeah. Joe Dirt's mullet. <laughs> 
Well, he's a bad boy. Jonathan Cross doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. need a helmet strapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's a former rodeo star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, yeah, he he uh, he declines LL Cool J's offer. Yeah. And he goes back to his apartment, sees the cops snoof, mm-hmm. uh, sniffing around. Yeah. Not snoofing around. I was going to say snooping. Yeah. And I was going to say sniffing. But it came out as snoofing. Snoofing. <laughs> <laughs> Which that sounds like some that that sounds like something dirty maybe. Uh, but uh, snoofing. Snoofing. Yeah. Uh, r- real quick, when he gets in LL Cool J's sports car, he looks at LL Cool J and he he looks at him. And he says, "Nice bobbles, man." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he's also there's a really long amount of time in that scene where he's faced uh, uh, backwards in. On the front seat, uh-huh. yeah. and I can't figure out what he's doing, <laughs> but he's like facing the back seat like he's handling something, but you don't see what he's doing yeah. with his hands, yeah. and he's talking to LL Cool J on the side, uh-huh. who's like, sit down, put your seatbelt on. <laughs> this movie's, it's, really, it's really weird. This movie's an editing nightmare, uh, and it's yeah. probably because it was like hatcheted to shit after yeah. like bad test screenings and right. stuff. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. None of it makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. So after that luge scene it jumps forward uh how long would you say like a couple months i think like six months six months yeah it's a little bit not not that long yeah so it's made clear that jonathan ultimately accepted the offer and started playing for the rollerball team in russia and he's like the hot shot yeah he's yeah big star he's like jonathan e from the original oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he's the the hot shot yeah, they didn't. Yeah, Jonathan E didn't get a big backstory. Yeah, he was just already the hot shot. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to luge down the streets with no, no, no POD playing. Mm-hmm. I have so much respect for movies that can just show us a character and, and have us accept who they are as a yeah. character and not feel the need feel yeah. the need to like explain their backstory. No, it was James Con roller skating. Yeah, and yeah. You're like. All right. Yeah, and he's got I'm a text. In. You're either I, in or you're not. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what does the backstory do? He's got a Texas accent, kind of. You're like, all right, yeah. I, I know basically what this guy was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Thank sure, you. Sure, it all makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the fr- like uh, after that luge scene, we get, what would you say, like, f- like the first rollerball match, which is like maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes long? It seems like a long It's pretty long. Scene. It's pretty long. Yeah, because... Uh, that's like when the band starts their they their they introduce the yeah. game and announce the rules yeah. and and just mm-hmm. and, and just, Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but the that first rollerball match reminded me so much of the like the football games from any given Sunday. The way those were edited, oh, yeah. Like yeah. in that, like it was so like. The editing was so like caffeinated and uh, like would cut to like different characters just saying like one word of dialogue and it'd be like, ha ha, look at that, and then cut to this person. And it would be a character like windmilling in the air and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely very Oliver Stone esque in spots. It's hard to believe watching this movie that John McTiernan at one time was probably like the best action director maybe yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Like he made two of the best one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Predators to 
or Predator to Die Hard. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to watch, uh, rewatch The Hunt for Red October also, but like, oh, yeah. that's a movie a lot of people like. Um, mm-hmm. Die Hard with a Vengeance, which he did, you know, a couple years uh, later, mm-hmm. is really good. Um, I think that's Andrew's actual favorite Die Hard movie, right? I mean, pr- the first one is probably my favorite, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, fucking rules yeah one of the best action movies of the 90s mm, for correct. sure yeah die hard with the vengeance is flawless it, correct yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> I, got, I got nothing else it's just, uh, yeah, it's good but uh yeah well, it's no live free or die hard sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this but rollerball is like uh, it, it feels like you're watching like someone completely different make yeah. a movie it, yeah. it it feels totally disconnected from anything yeah. you might have liked about john mctiernan and yeah. and that's not even something you could say about like his other bad movies like something like the 13th warrior or uh the thomas crown affair remake that he did like those i don't think those movies are good but they're at least like functional movies yeah i didn't have the luxury of figuring out on my own that he was the guy who did those good movies but (laughs) andrew told me yeah and it blew my mind i said yeah yeah no there's no way he did some great computer now and apparently (laughs) yes he did some of the best yeah and that is mind-boggling to me Mm -hmm. because this movie is just in every way not good yeah, you, you don't see any of that DNA here. No. None of it. Yeah. I, I don't even know why McTiernan would have been the top choice for this movie, other than the fact that he remade another Norman Jewison movie a couple years prior, uh, which is, like, totally different uh, genre-wise. Yeah, I'm sure it, he was just a fan, I it, guess. Yeah. And, and it does sound based on the production history that he had a vision for this movie Mm -hmm. and it kind of is this like he wanted the movie to be actually even dumber i think than it was i think he basically just wanted to be more like action oriented and just not focus on the social he should have just started a rollerball league yeah (laughs) yeah he should have uh so if you don't, did you have you ever seen the Thomas Crown Affair no, either version? Did. So he remade the Thomas Crown. And the Affair. original was a Norman Jewison yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the Thomas Crown Affair in a while. The the remake. Uh, I haven't. No, yeah. no. I <laughs> I remember watching as a kid and being like very excited that you got to see like Renee Russo's boobs in that movie mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which that's like such a like teenager thing to like think is really cool yeah. and interesting about a movie yeah. I mean it's a pretty steamy movie is it I don't really yeah, there's remember some, too much some sex scenes yeah uh, uh, I haven't seen it in years I haven't seen it as a fair in the title so all I could do is assume yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> uh, yeah so I don't know like they were Maybe the studio was like, all right, well, you did a good job with that one. Here's Rollerball. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got to think he was kind of operating on a on a higher level than that. I don't even think he was necessarily for hire. I think, I think he was still probably, because of the older movies that he made, able to go to a studio and be like, I want to make remake Rollerball. Yeah. And they're like, all right, I guess. 
And it's yeah. like, maybe this will be the one that gets him back on track. Right. And obviously, that never happens for John. He yeah. doesn't even really make movies anymore. Now. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Because I think Basic was the last one, right? Basic yeah. was the last one. That was thing. like right after. This it one. was the next year, 03. He was probably yeah. making that in 02. Yeah. Because this like sat around for like a full year. Right. What he yeah. went to jail and that was just. Uh... He went to jail pretty. It was like, later, a lot later. I think. Yeah, it was like oh, twenty ten. Okay. Yeah. I oh think, wow. Ish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so f- basic was his last. It was his last movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if our listeners don't know, basic is the uh, uh, Rashomon style John Travolta military thriller. The him Connie Nielsen and. Giovanni Ribisi. Oh. <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi sounding a lot like uh, like Dr. Evil slash, <laughs> slash Lauren Michaels. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, McTiernan does have a movie listed as in pre-production on mm. IMDb starring uh, Uma Thurman. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, an action sci-fi movie. Now we'll see. It's called Tau Seti 4. T A U one more time. You don't know what you just said. T A U C E T I four Tau Seti four Tau Seti four Tau Seti four Tau Seti. It's a sci-fi movie. Four. Okay. Uh, starring uh, Uma Thurman and uh, something called a Travis Fimmel. Okay. Uh, who's, oh, he's the. The Vikings guy. Oh, the yeah, The Vikings yeah. TV show right. guy. Oh. So, McTiernan wrote and direct, or is writing and directing that. Uh, we'll see if that ever actually ends up getting made. It says pre-production, yeah. but that isn't, IMDB is kind of an unreliable uh, man, source. I've got so many things in pre-production right now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've got, I've got like my master's degree in pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> look out soon for that. Yeah. Um, but apparently the the early uh, like drafts of the script for the Rollerball remake were really good according to you know various sources. Like apparently it was supposed to be like better than the original. And then McTiernan <laughs> McTiernan uh, like apparently hated it and thought it should be more action driven. Should we should we start talking about the like the the pre production aspect of this, or should we talk more about the the plot? I mean, what the plot's plot? not I mean, the plot crazy is... important. Yeah. I mean, which is yeah. like a running theme, especially lately on this show, where we're we're like we get to the plot and we're just like, well, we don't really need to yeah. talk about it. Like, you get it. Like, yeah. people understand. Yeah. That thing. So in in the plot, so basically, uh, Chris Klein after that first match. Uh, like it, it's brought to his attention by his teammates that uh, one of his team members who got like seriously injured had his chin strap cut on his helmet, and that's why he was like injured so badly. Yeah, and uh, so Chris Klein starts to conduct like a little investigation of sorts with Rebecca Romaine Stamos to figure out. What's he, going on? Who he's secretly having an affair with. Yeah, The he's... movie presents them initially as being, like, adversarial. But then then they're just, like, having sex in a bathroom. Yeah. It's, it's a straight, just, 
straight 180 yeah. Yeah. that makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, just good filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they're having, like, a secret affair. Um, yeah. Aurora is her name? Aurora. Aurora. Yeah. Yep. The Black Widow. Yep. Black Widow. Uh, not an affair, but they're, like, just kind of keeping Secretly, their relationship yeah. quiet. Yeah. Yeah. On the DL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keeping it chill. Like, uh, it looks, yeah. yeah. This is a very chill movie. Uh-huh. It's an extremely <laughs> chill movie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the teammates uh, give Chris Klein the helmet with the cut chin strap, and they're like, well, what should we do about this? Something's been, something's going on. And then uh, Aurora, what what does Aurora do? She, like, explains that she knows who who's that who lives in the apartment they go to after that locker room scene remember they go to that guy's apartment no <laughs> it's, it, this movie's confusing it's like I'm way sorry. more confusing than it yeah. should be yeah but no but also the cut chin strap anybody could have done that at any point yeah. after it could have yeah so it's well, Aurora knows someone who is, like, basically involved in this conspiracy to kill off or, like, seriously injure players. And they go to that person's apartment. Is it the earring guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was confusing later, but I was like, oh, this probably tie back to something I missed. <laughs> uh... <laughs> that's the it thing. Is, you didn't actually miss anything. <laughs> you got it all. It's just the movie. The movie itself is missing links. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he Jonathan starts to like figure it out, and Jean Renault, who plays the owner of the rollerball team, his character's name is Alexi. He kind of figures out that Jonathan has figured it out because Jonathan takes the helmet with the cut chin strap to him and is like, well, what's this all about? Uh, so then I think it's kind of implied that Jean Renault is trying to keep him quiet and is maybe trying to kill him? Yep. Well, at that point, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if he wants to kill him because he's the big star <laughs> yeah. of the team, but he definitely wants to like assert his dominance over, yeah. over him. And he's also got uh, Naveen Andrews from mm-hmm. like Lost yeah. as his like right hand man. Yeah, Saeed from Lost. Another yeah. very confusing role in performance <laughs> and writing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How did this guy ever get involved? Because he comes across as being like a smart guy, like like he's like the GM of the team or something, and it's mm-hmm. like, how did he get involved with corrupt rollerball in Azerbaijan? <laughs> Well, I think he's got all the big ideas. Yeah, I guess yeah. he's the, the like brains behind <laughs> yeah. the operation. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's like basically where the movie goes. I can't, honestly, I can't remember some of what happens like in the middle, but he basically figures out. It, <laughs> <laughs> he basically figures out that Jean Renault is kind of staging these accidents to yeah. boost ratings. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then. Then the movie's just about kind of the attempt at fleeing and then pushing yeah. back against yeah. it. And that's that's uh, the basics of it. So, there, yeah, there's like a, a, a rollerball match like in the middle of the movie where Rebecca Romaine gets uh, like pretty seriously injured. And uh, 
winds up in the hospital, and that's when um, Chris Klein, uh, Jonathan, and LL Cool J decide to flee Russia and like head for the border. And that's that's the midpoint. Uh, and that's a scene, my friends. Yeah. So here's up. the here's the big scene. This is the set piece of the movie. <laughs> this is the middle say. of the movie. Night yeah. vision. Night vision. <laughs> yes. So it they <laughs> maybe the most baffling ten minutes I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. So they're making they're making a run for it. They're trying to like uh, leave the rollerball team behind. Get out of at, Russia. If it's at night. And it's at night. And uh, and it's a. 10-ish, 10, 10 to 15 minute <laughs> yeah. sequence where they're on a motorcycle and then eventually they're pursued by a... a How fast are you going? <laughs> they're eventually <laughs> pursued by an airplane <laughs> and it, it is entirely filmed in night vision. You know why that is though? Why? Because you can't see it. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't see it. Night. Yeah, you gotta film it. In night it's vision, fifteen minutes of the film. No dramatic like moonlit lighting. No day for night. No, fuck it. We're going night vision. My, it's my, all my high eight camera had night vision. <laughs> yeah, it looked like. It looked like, like something uh, like camera when yeah. I was seventeen years old. So they're yeah they're on a motorcycle. Uh, Chris Klein and LL Cool J, and they're headed for the border. They're trying to get out of Russia, and they're being pursued by Jean Reno and his airplane. And uh, yeah. the whole thing is shot in night vision. Yep. You know, I was thinking, there's been some like really good, like, scenes in movies that were shot in night vision or partially in night vision, like Silence of the Lambs, yeah. uh, Zero Dark Thirty. You can use it effectively. Yeah. Uh, Sicario. Uh, you know what all those movies have in common? <laughs> it makes sense why those scenes were shot in night vision. They make uh, sense. There is no reason why that the 15 minutes of this movie is shot in night vision. Andrew, it was at night. <laughs> it's hard to see. Like, night. in those movies, like the characters are wearing night vision goggles. Yeah. <laughs> no one in this movie is wearing night vision goggles. Nobody. There's no reason that that scene should be in night vision. Budget. You can't see it night. Yeah. At one point, they reference some some character they both know named Squeak Harris <laughs> in the in the middle of the night vision thing. And they're just like, "Who the fuck is Squeak Harris? Why is this relevant?" <laughs> So just a 15-minute <laughs> chunk of this movie has a green tint on it yeah. for no reason at all. N- no reason. And that's also where the sound effect, yeah, I'm but, assuming... The, the, but yes. wait, there's more. Yeah, because not only does this look terrible, like it yeah. looks so awful, but yeah. it also sounds god-awful. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll explain maybe a little bit of the backstory. So I read that they... They shot that sequence and, uh, like, really late in the game, like, during the production period, and uh, it looked too dark. So they reshot it, but I guess they didn't have the time or the money to uh, kind of finish the scene, like, make it look, like, I don't know, color corrected or whatever. So they just slapped a green tint on it, and that's what we got. Nobody cared at that point. <laughs> they were like, here's just 15 minutes of the movie that is green. 
Uh, but yeah, so when I said earlier that there's a sound effect that made me laugh harder than any other sound effect in a movie <laughs> that I've seen in the last couple of years, this is what I'm talking about. So LL Cool J uh, is driving a motorcycle. Chris Klein's on the back and he drives through a barbed wire fence. Mm-hmm. Let me play the audio. Allow us to set the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Let me play it one more time. <laughs> so, uh, he, like, you're already watching this scene, and you're like, "Why the fuck is this movie? Like, why did? The, why is the last like ten minutes of this movie been green? And then all of a sudden, a motorcycle crashes through a barbed wire fence, and it makes like a cartoon boner sound." <laughs> A sprong sound, like you're watching an America's Funniest Home video. Uh, a boing, a, yoing. <laughs> a yeah. boing sound. That whole scene. <laughs> that whole scene is like someone's shoving ice picks into your eyes. Like, yeah. It is so, like, shitty. And, like, like all the way across the board, like, performances are bad, like... Chris Klein scream, <laughs> screaming about Squeak Harris, and he's like, I'll beat you at the American consulate. And it's so bad. It looks like shit. It sounds like shit. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And it has that boing oing oing. Yes. Yeah. Boing, boing, boing. Uh, that scene's nuts. Right. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> I guess let's, because something, uh, uh, for this movie's standards, a major plot development does happen during that scene. Right. Um, which is where the butt... <laughs> okay, why can't they both go again? Uh, because they can't, the, make, the, they the can't jump. make the jump with the weight of two of them on yeah. the motorcycle. Okay. Okay. So, so the bridge at the border is being uh, lifted up. Right. And, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jean knows like, stopping, trying to stop them. Yeah. So Chris Klein gets off the bike, and LL Cool J tries to make a run for it on his own. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris Klein convinces him that he'll make it. He'll yeah. be, he'll meet him at the consulate in the morning yeah. or whatever. It's like, Just go. Yeah, LL yeah. Cool J has a family. Chris yeah. Klein doesn't have that, right. so it's like you mm-hmm. should survive. Yeah, he's got nice bottles. <laughs> nice bottles. What does that mean? Uh, what are uh, you know? I might sound ignorant, but I don't, I'm not sure what bobbles are jewelry like, like bobbleheads like maybe he's got a great collection <laughs> yeah like just like, like a king Griffey Griffey jr yeah. and like you know <laughs> king kim and itty or something you know so just a really nice connection of collection of bobbleheads uh i'm i think he is referring to the like the jewelry he's wearing like his rings uh because bobbles the the definition is a small showy trinket or decoration Oh, okay. So I think he's talking about who wrote that line. Uh, yeah, I gotta know somebody who says that though had to like use the thesaurus. And Chris Klein like just read that line and was like, "Okay, yeah, nice bobbles." I start whipping that out. Like, hey, nice like, bobbles. You know, meet some folks I know out and about, and they've got some nice jewelry on. And we'd be like, you know, yeah, nice bobbles, nice bobbles, <laughs> nice bobbles, dude. <laughs> 
Then you'll get your ass kicked by someone completely <laughs> misinterpreting whatever you just said. Yeah. Hey guy. Nice bobbles. Uh, <laughs> fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> uh yeah, so LL Cool J uh, makes a run for the border on his own, and uh, yeah, he he jumps the bridge. By the way, he jumps the bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, very good impressive. Night vision. That just like says so much about this movie that they were like that, like they'd done so much, and they were like, let's just put a green tint on it, <laughs> like. Uh, let's just call it a day let's just make this 15 minute i mean i guess it's smart for them though to kind of just cut their losses yeah and just be like well (laughs) it's what we got and filming it again is not going to make it better yeah yeah Yeah. it's a good thing they didn't spend any more money on Mm -hmm. this movie yeah, I mean, it's already an egregious waste of yeah. uh, money that could have gone to any number of better causes. But, yeah. yeah, so we get that baffling uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. could have gotten acting classes for Chris <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that, it's, it's going to take a few more rollerballs sure worth of money. Plenty, so, yeah. yeah, that's a loss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so LL Cool J jumps the bridge. Mm-hmm. And is making his way across the border, mm-hmm. and uh, a sniper takes him out under, yeah. under the the watchful eye of yeah. Sean Renault, mm-hmm. and uh, skid, skids into the the like guard box or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Chris Klein somehow sees all of this, even though he's like, yeah, he's he's blocked by a bridge. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> the bridge is up. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what he's actually seeing. <laughs> yeah. And it's also apparently pitch black because this whole thing's shot yeah, in it's night vision. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a very unceremonious end for L.L. Cool J. Uh, that's Who it. Who might I add is not the greatest actor, but a better actor than this movie or what he yeah. presented in this movie. He's, he's got charisma. He's doing his thing, like what he does his thing. pretty well. Yeah, like, he's, you know, you know he's, like what he does in like Deep Blue Sea and Deep Blue Sea and yeah. Given Sunday, Sunday even. And any given oh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and whatever number of network television shows I haven't seen. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine on and, those as well. NCIS LA or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just throw some letters out there. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then that's a wrap on LL Cool J's character. Right. And then we're all of a sudden just like at the like the last act of the movie. Well, uh else we want to talk about uh we should chris klein's uh manipulation to to, like oh yeah he's really convincing manipulation to get Mm. yeah so he uh, after that he gets kidnapped basically by jean renault and uh i think jean renault like isn't sure what to do with him because he knows like all the secrets like should we kill him or what uh, but he also makes some money. He also makes some money. And then I think that's where Naveen Andrews comes in, who's like the the more business-minded uh, right-hand man who basically convinces Jean Renault to let him play one more game. There is a great scene where... Yeah. A great scene. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, there, there is a scene in the movie 
where he's he's handcuffed to like the the fire extinguisher and and the plane. Oh, which the is plane! The yeah. thing to handcuff somebody to, because <laughs> I was wondering, is that gonna come in play? Is he gonna rip yeah. it out and hit him with the no? Yeah. That would just not think. <laughs> but he like Jean Reno do, goes through his little little monologue uh, monologue to kind of convince Chris Klein and he says go fuck yourself and he says you motherfucker and just <laughs> opens just loses all that chill that he had yeah. like and opens up the bottom of the plane and everybody's <laughs> like whoa bring it back bring it back yeah. bring it back and that's I think where Naveen Andrews really starts to yeah take a little bit more control his character is confusing so yeah he's like the earlier in the movie i thought maybe he was not so evil or right he's like the just, number he didn't write that at all yeah he's like the number two but he's also like kind of a shakespearean style villain in that he's like the one with all the grand He's like the Bond villain or whatever. Yeah. And that he's the, yeah, the like he knows how to manipulate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, is there a scene where um, Naveen Andrews tells Chris Klein to tell Jean Reno that he'll participate in yes. the last game? Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, and he also, yeah, he also brings up Aurora and says, you know. Wait, what does he say? Like, he says, you know, you might want to keep your girl safe or Yeah, because John Renault has threatened to kill Rebecca Romaine Stamos yeah. if right. Jonathan doesn't cooperate. So that Jonathan, like, kind of, like, counters yeah. uh, Jean Renault with, like, a renewed sense of confidence after yeah. talking to Naveen Andrews. And, right. And then he's like, I'll play, but you got to trade. You got a traitor. Yeah. And then and then he's like, well, we can just kill her. And he's like, yeah. well, I don't want her d- dead. And then... <laughs> <laughs> so he starts to play the game yeah. thanks to Naveen Andrews. He's, yeah, he's he's trying to play who, the game. Who might be giving the best performance in this movie? Naveen, Naveen Andrews. Andrews? Oh, yeah. yeah I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I like... John Renault and it was not good. No, no, he's he's uh, he's hamming it up pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Paul gave Heyman the gives the best performance. Yeah. Row 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 rollerball. Well, I mean, he's basically doing what he's done for the last thirty years of his career. Yeah. yeah. So he's perfectly fine as an announcer for a dumb, violent sport. I think I'm my... saying this as a professional wrestling fan. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. I know. That's but, uh, yeah, Paul yeah. Heyman is one of the best at it, and they just hired a Paul Heyman type, and they yeah. got Paul Heyman. Right. It's great. I think my favorite Paul Heyman moment in the movie is, right, uh, spoiler alert, I mean, we were going to get there anyway, when he kills Jean Renault with the rollerball, and, he, and he's like slow motion says holy shit as he's like going through the window to kill Sean Rendell yeah uh, <laughs> on rollerblades by the way yeah uh I, I will say Chris I thought that you would be the the best guest for this episode because, because of your uh wrestling knowledge yeah I mean you know we can talk Paul Hammond we can just as a whole I could do a whole episode about Paul Hammond <laughs> he is still in the main event scene in WWE. Yeah. He's managing Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns who are fighting each other at WrestleMania. <laughs> or he 
I think he's been going back and forth. I think he's with... I don't really watch WWE. Yeah. Catch the highlights. Sure. But I think he's managing Roman Reigns now. He just turned on Brock Lesnar or something like that. It'll be (laughs) the other way around. Either way. Yeah. Paul Heyman. Still at the height of of WWE. Wow. Making a ton of money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, he's on TV every week. Yeah. (laughs) Twice a week. Yeah. But when this movie came out, it was the WWF, right? Probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. two thousand two yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't with the WWF at that time, right? Like he was he, he was was he okay? Yeah, so the they did the Monday Night Wars. He used he ran ECW. Okay, that's which was that's the right. alternative to both WCW yeah. and WWF. And then Vince McMahon said, "Fuck all y'all, I win." Is bottom all up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. Okay. That's right. I knew he was with someone, some other organization prior to WWF. I just didn't know the timeline for it. Because I was, I was pretty into wrestling in like, I would say right up until around like 2000, maybe late, like early 2001. Yeah. Honestly, that's kind of when I stopped watching as well. Yeah. I went to college and I was like, there's no way to play this off as cool. (laughs) And then when I, then when like, you know, it just got to a point, Mm -hmm. they had been through a breakup or something and then just just depressed and at home. Mm -hmm. What it was, it was a clip of Jon Stewart hitting Jon Cena with a chair. Jon Stewart? Jon Stewart hitting Jon Cena with a chair at Monday Night Raw, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> so the next week and I watched Monday this is, Night Raw. This is Raw. the Jon Stewart that I know, not yes. like some wrestling Jon Stewart. No, okay. that okay. Jon Stewart, and I thought it was funny, so I watched Monday Night Raw, and then I've been watching wrestling since. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny wrestling story. Yeah. One night I was, this was like... 2000 well i don't know what year this was you can tell me in a second once i give you some context because you'll know probably uh i was watching tv with i was hanging out with our friend brian mm-hmm. uh who's we've talked about on here it hasn't been on the show but uh we were watching tv and uh i was kind of like channel surfing and i was like hey wouldn't it be funny if i put on monday night raw and it i, I did and brian was like probably not into it or whatever and probably like fucking turn the channel and uh that's our brand voice and uh <laughs> it ended up being a memorial show for chris benoit oh no it was that episode that's a wrong and that was time. <laughs> before we knew that chris benoit killed his family and then himself yes and, mm-hmm. and it was just at a time when wwe was memorializing him thinking uh-huh. it was some tragedy yes that and that was the the yeah. last the only night of wrestling i've watched in the last that's like insane. 20 years yeah 20 years because yeah. that's a long time ago but the, i remember that because yeah. i i was i think i was still probably watching at that point yeah uh, no. I mean, I remember this too, no, just because it was like but in it the was, news. It was a full episode of Talking Heads with all of the wrestlers talking about how much they loved Chris Benoit. Yeah. And they all gathered yeah. in the ring. And it was people, everybody's crying. They were breaking was, character. No, there was like, no character yeah. at that point. It was wow. all very genuine. That sounds and then, bizarre. 2007. It, it was very yeah. bizarre. 
and then, you know, I think they had some inkling of the reality, but I don't think a lot of the wrestlers and the friends did. Did, yeah. So it was all very genuine. Yeah. And then, and then it came and out the, the actual yeah. what actually happened. Yeah. And, but they had already aired it live. Yeah, it was, you can't find that footage really anywhere. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's been I mean, on YouTube, It's probably out there. Yeah. I don't know how long it could stay up. Yeah. W- WWE definitely scrubbed like their special Chris Benoit specials yeah. and stuff like from their like streaming platform. I know that. Yeah. That was wild. That was that was a wild night to like just randomly decide to turn on wrestling. Yeah. And like yeah. Right. Uh, is this is probably a good time to say I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys talk about whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Well, yeah. Let's just leave it on the biggest bummer. <laughs> hey. So. Yeah. Wrestling. Also, hey, we're talking about one of the worst things to ever in the wrestling. The episode. <laughs> Did you... wrestling history? Sure. Did you... I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I usually, whenever Andrew takes a bathroom break, I just put like a, a little like bumper music and then just fade <laughs> into the to, to now. So, so if anybody was wondering why it just will sometimes go to the theme music, it's because I go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, usually it's just an awkward break in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Any time I ever try and like edit like it into a normal conversation, like from the end of one sentence to a new sentence it sounds weird so yeah, i just yeah. put that music in when i can't make it sound <clears> natural some fake yeah. ads until you can get some real ads. we've thought about doing it we've thought about it um uh, we could we could do that just to like show that we can do ad reads and stuff yeah but like some fake product yeah yeah right. Something like MeUndies, but not MeUndies. Yeah. But something like MeUndies. Or not like uh, a golf club that you can pee in, but something kind of like that. Yeah. Wait, there's a golf what? club you can pee in? Yeah, the pee putter. <laughs> Do you guys not remember that? Or no. was it? Yeah, that's a real product. That's not, a thing that exists? Not like an SNL. Why would you, like, I mean, just pee on the grass. You're on the, the golf course, mm-hmm. and you'd just rather pee on that. Yeah, it's than, like a putter like... that you can unscrew the handle and and pee in i think you're making that up <laughs> does it like change the weight for like yeah you're right it probably wouldn't be a good putter if it's full of piss i mean or maybe there's a strategy to that yeah maybe but you're on the grass uh and you're already gonna be people are gonna see you peeing into your golf club so why not just go over a little bit out of the way and pee the grass. i think i think dan's fact checking this to see if there is a, a pee putter <laughs> it's called the euro club yeah <laughs> euro club come on now. see i wasn't just making this pee up putter i like better yeah well now you need to start a competition uh golf club that you can pee in <laughs> yeah like there's a there's a photo oh of a guy God. so it's just got a little it's little, got a towel yeah little little shield yeah I think well, it's been, you know. Hey, what you doing over there, Jeff? <laughs> uh, just just uh, examining my shot. <laughs> just, just golfing with the towel on watch. Yeah. yeah. Just it's... really take, taking in the, 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 the sun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's meant like for, you know, you're on the 14th hole or whatever. You're not near the bathroom. You gotta, you gotta go. And you just unscrew your 
I mean, I feel like pissing on a tree is a time-honored nature <laughs> tradition. And I don't yeah, know why you can't just some do sort that. Of tree. You're just so lazy you can't walk to the side of the forest <laughs> yeah. where there's a tree. Unless they pee in the hole. Right. In the hole. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine, imagine putting and getting trying to get your ball out. And the, cup, <laughs> the, the cup is just filled with piss. You're just like, what the fuck? I'm never golfing again. <laughs> God damn it, somebody peed in this. <laughs> damn kids have peed in the hole again. You just hear like some like snickering in the woods nearby or whatever as the guy reaches into the piss-filled hole. You should have got a pee putter. Just save it to the, the one where there's like a pond. <laughs> yeah, pee in the, the pond, pond hole. The pond, you pee in the pond. Yeah. Anyhow, we can do ad Roller reads. Ball. We, uh, we we got on that tangent because we were saying we could do ad reads, right. which we obviously can. Clearly. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, We've demonstrated but, that. But, <laughs> yes, also getting back to Rollerball, uh, yeah, the, the movie had a crazy uh, production period, and uh, it... So, like I said before, the, the script originally was, like, pretty good. So people say. And yeah. McTiernan was like, well, I don't like it. And I want to make it more <laughs> more action-heavy and more, like, uh, bones-breaking and more nudity. <laughs> it uh, So they test-screened it. And I want to say this was, like, maybe the April before it was supposed to come out. Like, it was supposed to come out August of 01. And a couple, you know, three, four months prior, they test-screened it. And uh, I think that even um, McTiernan got the idea to fly out uh, Harry Knowles of Ain't It yep. Cool News to uh, see the movie. And apparently Harry Knowles at the time had a reputation for giving movies good reviews if he was treated well. If they like... Well, and we've also learned later that Harry Knowles is a huge creep. Yeah, we, so. we know now that he's a, a creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back then, I guess he had the reputation that he could be... A good review Persuaded. could be bought from Harry Knowles. Right. Well, and Ain't It Cool News at that time was one of, if not the pillars of the online movie yeah, community. it was the website, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was like... What they parodied in Jane Silent Bob sure. yeah. with like movie poop shoot was yeah. like eight of cool news. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, so I guess McTiernan thought, all right, let's fly Harry Knowles out to the test screening, let's treat him well and he'll give it a good review, but apparently he hated it. Well, and, with good reason. Yeah. With good reason. <laughs> uh so then the movie had like bad word of mouth from the get go. Uh, yeah, because I remember Ain't It Cool News used to always uh, have, like, early screening reviews. Yeah. And they weren't under any kind of NDA or anything, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they got around that by with because they all they all had, like, usernames. Like, like <laughs> you know, like, they weren't, they weren't ever, like, it's, I mean, Harry Knowles was Harry Knowles. But, like... Everyone was like, hey, it's me, Darkseid, or whatever. You know, yeah. like, that was just their name. Yeah, that was or, like, Magnolia fan from <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I remember I remember Ain't It Cool News being a pretty big deal yeah. at that time. At the time, they were yeah. huge. Yeah, and yeah. I, would read, I would read reviews on there, yeah. because I wanted to 
know about movies and stuff before they came mm-hmm. out. So, yeah. So, uh, I think around that time they were like, let's kind of retool this. And, uh, and also I think that McTiernan's cut was, uh, like very R rated. Like it was a lot of, a lot of violence, a lot of nudity. And I think MGM wanted it to be, wanted it to cater more to like 13 year olds. Like they wanted to get that PG 13 rating. Right. And also at the time, I think Fast and the Furious was a huge hit. Um, and I think they thought like, well, maybe we could get that crowd Mm-hmm. for this movie that makes sense that street witch scene is yeah <laughs> it's got fast and furious vibes for sure yeah um and i think uh one of the writers on rollerball was an uncredited script doctor on the fast and the furious so for the ad campaign for rollerball it would say from the filmmakers that brought you the Fast and the Furious, Fantastic. but no specific kind of <laughs> no. reference to who that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. little did they know it was an uncredited script doctor. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So uh, eventually, uh, Universal sued MGM mm-hmm. uh, because of that ad campaign, and they won. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because they were worried it would harm the Fast and Furious brand. Yeah, don't 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 bring our shit down with yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean they were wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> at the time, like this would have been like a year or a year plus before the second Fast and the Furious movie. So I think they were worried that it would like jeopardize the development of yeah. sequels. Well, and also I'm sure the reputation of the movie's quality had already started yeah. spreading. Yeah. So Universal was like, hey, that shit seems toxic. We can't right. be associated with that piece of yeah. shit. That's going to be a huge bomb. Right. Right. So there's like a ton of like rewrites and re-edits and reshoots and uh, disagreements between the producers and McTiernan about like what the tone should be and what kind of a movie it should be. And uh, this is where John McTiernan ended up uh, wiretapping <laughs> one, of the, one of the producers. He uh, hired a PI yeah. to wiretap his producer over the disagreements yeah. of the movie's tone. Because John McTiernan wanted it to be dumb. Like, a, just yeah. a dumb, violent action movie. Mm. And he literally went to prison for that. Yeah. Uh, hired Anthony Pelicanos. Is that his name? I don't, he, I don't he, he apparently like had a reputation for being like a Hollywood fixer, mm, like a, like a go to guy if you needed something, like Josh Brolin and uh, uh, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, like if you just need a guy to take care of things, like Michael Clayton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that movie kicks ass, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he wiretapped one of the producers and then eventually went to prison for... He, he got a dumb movie and he probably didn't <laughs> need to do any of that. Yeah. Are you looking up a factoid? I'm just uh, I'm just checking to see if there's any uh, other notes about the... The wiretapping yeah. scandal. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh... I wanted to get the dates. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, all that happened and... Eventually, the movie got pushed back from 
uh, August of 01 to February of 02. And that's when we saw it. Or when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> I saw it today. <laughs> you saw it today. <laughs> How does yeah. it feel? Nearly uh, uh, just over 20 years yeah. since the release. Um, yeah, McTiernan went to prison, by the way. I just wanted to get the dates for that. Yeah. From April 2013 to February 2014. So not even a full year. Yeah. And I also read the other day that it was considered... It's like one of the five to ten cushiest prisons, like in America. Like it was very like white collar yeah. prison, which I mean that makes sense. Um, so I don't, I don't think he really suffered too much in there, really. But uh, sounds nice. But it sounds like he's isolated himself basically on a ranch in Montana. I think mm-hmm. ever since, like that's where he lives now. Got hmm. out of the industry. I don't know if he was blackballed, maybe by Hollywood. I, I would imagine that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy, though. Yeah. Someone actually went to prison for this movie. Yeah. What a wild movie and a wild backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's... Do you want to wrap up the plot real quick? Uh, yeah, we could do that. We could probably do it, like, very quickly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan Cross, Chris Klein, convinces... Jean Reno to uh, let him he says like let's let Aurora live and I will participate in the next game uh, and the next game uh, Jean Reno kind of uh, sets it up as like an execution basically for Jonathan Cross like he takes all the rules out of the game so that he can basically be murdered during this final game, mm-hmm. uh, and they're and they're playing the like uh, the jester team, again. the horde. <laughs> the horde. The horde. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the, <laughs> they're they're the evil team. Yeah, the, like yeah. the like Oakland Raiders super fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like the game starts, and then it's like Paul Heyman gets the notes right, and he's like. Well, it looks like all the rules have been removed from the game. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, terrific actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even one of the worst in this movie. Definitely. <laughs> honestly. Definitely not the worst performance. I think we all know who that... Uh, who that... Uh, honor to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the game is, you know, violent and people get injured and... Uh, Chris Klein eventually... Uh, he kind of wills himself into... Yeah, like, he's almost, victory. like, killed or injured a couple times, and then uh, he's like, well, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go for Jean Renell. I'm gonna take yeah. him out. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he uh, jumps... He's on his rollerblades, and he uh, jumps off a ramp and through yeah. the, like, into the private box where yeah. Jean Renault is, and... Crushes him with a rollerball. Basically, uh, you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. So he, yeah. He, well, no rules. He, <laughs> they took him all out. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be able to do that much air off the ramp yeah. to do. You know, none of it makes sense. So yeah, it really Chris, does make sense. <laughs> so Chris Klein's like mid jump. He's got the rollerball in his hand and he chucks it at the the glass and breaks it and hits Jean Renault. Yeah. Uh, now this is my question: Did we all watch the same cut? 
We all watched it on Tubi. I okay, think, right? Watched it on Tubi. Because uh, that's not where Jean Reno dies, to my knowledge. It, you guys look confused. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember another death. So, in the version that I watched, which should be the same one as you, because I watched it on I'm sure it was, Tubi, yeah. uh, he breaks the glass, Jean Reno runs away into the, like, a back office, and tries to get a gun out of the safe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, it's just forgettable. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, like, no matter how hard I paid attention, <laughs> just, I, like, just, like, I don't know. But, yeah. I, I, like, I didn't turn my phone off, but I set it down and purposely mm-hmm. only ever would look at it during the commercial yeah. breaks because I try and pay attention to these movies that we watch for this show because yeah. it's you know a little a little more than a than a casual interest because we're mm-hmm. doing these shows yeah so i we have I, to have an hours long discussion about the movie well we don't it doesn't have to be as <laughs> yeah. long as we make them but we do it because we love it uh-huh. uh, it's a labor of love but we should also mention too that the crowd has kind of been inspired. Yeah, to uprise they, the crowd revolts because yeah. uh, the the dad of Oleg Taktarov uh, is in the crowd. Yeah, and Oleg mm-hmm. is injured, right? Yeah, well, they he, kill him. Oh, they kill him. Yeah, the that's guards right. come. Yeah, the guards come out and kill him. Yeah, who's on the the good rollerball team. Yeah. yeah. The, the red team. The red team. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And then, yeah. well, the, the one guy gets on top of the, the partition and yells at the miners. Yeah. 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 So th- there's like an uprising in uh-huh. the stadium. Yeah. Well, there's, it's, it's chaotic, mm-hmm. but I remember the Naveen Andrews scene more. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. Right, so it's like the, a cool death scene. It's memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of not memorable stuff. Yeah, uh, so it's filled with not memorable stuff. But the stuff that is memorable is very memorable. The night yeah. visions, night visions. I'm gonna play that again. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, please. I I guffawed when I saw that scene. <laughs> like it was just like. When I watch funny stuff by myself, I don't always, like, actually laugh, you yeah, know? That, that's the only thing that got a, a <laughs> yeah. LOL out of me. Yeah, yeah. Like, even when I'm watching a comedy that I think is funny, it's always just like a, you know, like a, a, a light yeah. chuckle or whatever. Because there's something performative about watching a comedy with other people. It's like, yeah, I don't know, it's a subconscious, like... I'm going to emote louder because I'm with other people. It's not really something you think about. But when you watch a movie by yourself, you don't really do that. But I definitely laughed out loud. Yeah. But when you're you're watching a scene that makes, like, no sense and a motorcycle crashes into a barbed wire fence and makes a boing-oing-oing sound, (laughs) it's hard to not react. I mean, we're going to give this movie really bad scores, but I actually think that, like, sequence at least no. is for sure worth watching uh, it's so if if you're at all a connoisseur of like shitty cinema yeah which i would say we are yeah i would definitely file this in the you know interesting failure category <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh so, wait what's how so, does naveen andrews die again so the, so they chris klein breaks the glass with the rollerball 
Jean Reno escapes to the back office and is trying to get a shotgun out of a safe to mm -hmm. kill Chris Klein before he can kill him. But the uh, the shotguns are, are locked, right? Yeah, I think they're yeah. all... Locked. I was looking at you because you just watched it today. <laughs> the shotguns are locked uh, uh, across the um, trigger. Yeah, so you can't pull them out. Uh, what, what is that part of the gun called where the, the, the trigger... The, the thing around the trigger? The thing around the trigger. What's the... that called? I'm sure we've got some gun nuts listening. They're like, well, of course that's called a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got a lot of those guys listening to this show. That's called the, a the trigger... Tr trigger compartment. Trigger ring. Yeah. The trigger Anyhow. compartment. That's what it's called. I'm 100%. I know that. Stock. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> so I know stock, stock is bad. part of a gun. That's what I thought. But, you know, I, I just wanted to say the one part of the gun. The thing around the trigger. People know what that is. Yeah. yeah. So the that's where the guns are have all been locked. So Jean Renault can't get it out because they're all locked, like, where the trigger is. Uh, and uh, Chris Klein comes up to him, and how does he kill Jean Renault? Well, remember. it's with a shotgun. It's with... Oh, he, yeah, like, yeah. cocks it on something, he, Well, right? he uses the, the lock that it's yeah. locked with to, yeah. to fire it. Yeah. Oh, that's how he killed Naveen Andrews. Yeah, that's how he kills Naveen Andrews. Oh. I was going to say, how I don't remember kill... how he killed Jean Renault. I really don't. I watched I, it today. I, I watched <laughs> it about a week ago. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, listeners. That's uh, uh, like, It's not important. Jean Renault uh, <laughs> dies right there. I remember how he killed Naveen Andrews because it was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. But also, Naveen Andrews had like a decent line. Is like, if you're going to kill... I'm paraphrasing. If you sure. kill the king, you better know kill, the, kill the uh, successor. Prince? Oh, yeah. successor. The successor. Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, it was like there was some substance and something to remember there. And then he yeah. did the thing where he yeah. Yeah. just That's right. okay. went, whipped up the gun really yeah. quick and then cocked So he kills John Renault. Goes then through he... a window in a hilarious fashion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, Chris Klein kills John Renault. He goes up to the shotgun case. That's when Naveen Andrews comes in, gives his villain monologue, and then Chris Klein uses the, the lock to pull the trigger and kills Naveen Andrews. Yeah. 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 That's right. And then he, Rebecca, Romain, and the miners all walk out. Uh, yeah. Kind of like... And it ends with a, maybe I'll take you to bed. Yeah. yeah. It's it like her uh, last line in the, the movie. And then cut to black. That's it. <laughs> Filmed I think by John well, freeze frame first. Is there a freeze frame? A very, yeah, I yeah. think it goes freeze frame and then cut to black. <laughs> um, I, I found some article online that... Uh, like had an interview with a guy that saw like a very early test screening version and there was an ending that was like pretty different where uh chris klein and rebecca Romain stamos like escape on an airplane uh but that was like cut out but apparently there was like several different versions of this movie um I, any of them good? I don't know. Probably no, none of them are yeah. good i'm sure i would <laughs> kind of be curious to see like the McTiernan cut, if yeah. that ever existed, I, three and a half see. hours long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably watched the closest thing to the McTiernan cut. I, I think so, but it may. I want to see the more R-rated, like yeah, 
gorier, more hardcore. I mean, I saw a lot of boobs and a lot of blood. Yeah, which is funny because Tubi listed as a PG thirteen. Yeah, I think that was an accident. Yeah, yeah. But in that cut, they also like did weird dubbings with the the f word, like uh, like Jean Reno clearly said like fuck a couple times, but he said. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. How it feels like they like mixed up parts of the edit. Yeah, like, like it would come back from commercial break and it would all of a sudden be the R-rated version, and yeah. then it would go to commercial and it'd be the PG thirteen one yeah. again. <laughs> so I don't know which one we watched, but because I also read that uh, for the PG thirteen cut, like they had to digitally make the the blood look like sweat uh like during the rollerball matches like like somebody would have like blood all over their face but they made it look like sweat instead mm, that sounds really weird looking. it's i don't i mean i haven't seen the pg-13 cut i think in 20 some years so i don't remember that but yeah apparently that was something that was done uh but yeah bad movie uh, should we do final judgments on this one? Which rollerball do you guys like better? <laughs> uh, well, Rollerball 75 is pretty solid. It's a, pretty, it's a yeah. great watch. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I didn't yeah, get a chance to watch it, uh, but I actually, I still want to. No, yeah. definitely just watch I think it you on should. your own time. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very, it's yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. If we, if we were talking about that, it would be like a discussion that mm. made sense to, to have. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> sure, not, not three guys uh, breaking down uh, trash cinema from 2002. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the best, uh, like, the best parts of the original rollerball were probably like the middle, I think, like where James Caan was kind of like trying to figure out like what was going on. Yeah, what's going on? Why uh, do I need to retire? What? Like, yeah. Why is everybody not? Why? Why can nobody give me a real answer? Why can't I trust people close to me? Yeah. yeah. You just have to accept what the corporations were mm-hmm. telling him to do. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was. I really liked like the middle hour of the movie a lot. the The rollerball matches in the original, I they were fine. Like it, they didn't grab me as much as the rest of the movie. That is true, but the, the stunt work was really cool. There was some good stunt work. Yeah, yeah. like you know, just people on roller roller skates really hurting <laughs> each other on right. film. It was yeah. good. It was good. Uh, yeah, so I recommend Rollerball 75, yes. but not Rollerball 02. No, I don't think anybody needs to watch that. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Rollerball 02 for you guys? <sighs> um, and, and grades. we got to do yeah. grades as well. Well, I said earlier that I'm, like, I don't really know why McTiernan was the top choice for the Rollerball remake. I do think that if maybe somebody who could do the the satire a little bit better uh like kind of tackle the social commentary a little bit better it would probably would have been a better movie and i think that person probably would have been uh verhoven paul verhoven oh yeah i'm not sure why he wasn't a contender 
Well, at that guess, point, but if you're of... just judging it on what it could have been, yeah, like, that's not what we're judging. We're right, judging what it was. But I feel like he <laughs> would have been like the obvious choice for. Oh, like, I would. A, I want to see that movie. Sci-fi action movie with you know. I think at that point he had already kind of exited Hollywood, though. Yeah, because that was right after Hollow Man. Yeah, because like. Not only was Hollywood done with him, I think he was super done with Hollywood. Like, he just yeah. didn't want to make movies in the Hollywood system anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. even if even if there ever was this project going around that was a Rollerball remake, I'm not sure he ever in a million years would have actually touched it. So Yeah, but I think he would have been the right man for the, the I job. mean, that sounds cool, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, as it stands, the version we got of Rollerball is awful. Uh, it's a it's an F for sure, uh, but but I don't know if I could quite say it's the worst movie of two thousand two that we've watched so far on this Odyssey. But it's very close. Like it's probably the second worst, only a little bit better than Snow Dogs because it's entertaining. It's, just like a it is a, entertaining a baffling watch uh but it's an f movie for sure that's my final final judgment how about you chris how'd you feel um i'm gonna give it a d uh-huh because... not even a d minus sorry sorry i'm sorry influence. i didn't mean to influence give it you. a d okay because i will never watch it again and it took several attempts to watch it. But the amount of sheer insanity once it gets into certain things, and it's so confusing. Even there's so many things that you guys mentioned that I said, I don't yeah. remember that happened. I, and I watched it today. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was and the the game made no sense <laughs> itself. Um, There's so many aspects that were just, just the like why is his why isn't his chin strap attached <laughs> in the final game when people are trying to kill him? That yeah. did that's insane. The the sound effect and the the night vision scene. Mm-hmm. It's. It's it was fun. We'll never get another rollerball. Unfortunately, because somebody <laughs> could do it well. I, no, we'll get another rollerball in like ten years, because they when they've entirely run out of ideas. Yeah. Somebody says, "I think it's time to do a remake that's better now." An Amazon Prime original series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a that's what we'll get. That's what we'll get. But yeah, D minus. Yeah, you're right. Oh, well, no, you can give it a D. I didn't know. No, it's a D minus. Thanks. <laughs> you talk, talk your way through it. All right. So I've seen Rollerball probably four times in my life. I've seen it probably the most out of all of us. I know Chris just saw it for the first time tonight. I think Andrew, you only seen it. I think twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. I, 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 ha- I do agree. There's something kind of watchable about this movie, but I, I do also think it's just a total disaster of a movie. <laughs> just a just a complete like mindfuck of an experience. I think that fundamentally a Rollerball remake doesn't really even work for me because the original Rollerball was written and made at a time when Roller Derby was 
much more popular than it is. And now, like, roller derby, while people still do it, it's an, it's more of a, it's, it's a niche experience, you know? Like, it's, you know, it's it's a much smaller deal than, it, mm-hmm. than I would say it used to be in the 70s. Um, so it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird choice to remake if you're, especially if you're not going to go the futuristic route, um, that, uh, the original one did. So that said, I got to give it an F. I think it's the worst movie of 2002. (laughs) I think so far, I don't, I don't think it's going to hold that title the entire year. Um, but because I think my least favorite movie of all time, it comes out in 2002. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I won't say what that sad. is yet, but, um, but it is, the, I think, the worst movie that, <laughs> that I've watched this year. It's such a baffling experience. You feel like, uh, you feel like you have a head wound or something watching yeah. it. You're just like woozy. I, you don't remember stuff. <laughs> that's why it took me so many. It took me so many times yeah. to actually <laughs> continue watching it because I kept rewinding things and just shaking my head and wondering, like, wait, wh- what? Where am I? Like, why is this happening? And I finished it, and I'm still bewildered and i'm, I'm gonna if you ask me any question about it in three days i, <laughs> I won't have a good answer about what happened in that scene yeah um, like... but also roller derby had a, a television comeback like in the late 90s or early 2000s oh really and it was okay it, i think it was on like you usa know, or right. something yeah I it was it was that. it was wrestling adjacent oh, that's right and okay so, so that maybe was... something about that and the wwf yeah that's probably Thing? what sparked mm-hmm. interest. Yeah, in so I think there was a little bit to that. It didn't take off. I think yeah. there was only like a year or two yeah. that that was a thing. Yeah. But it might have been around that year or two that they started production on the movie. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I have an uncle, actually, that's like really into roller derby, uh, including like he plays it and stuff. Nice. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know his feelings about this movie. I should ask him. <laughs> I think he definitely. Uh, well, I don't really, I don't really talk to him, him. but <laughs> he lives, he lives, he lives like uh, in Northern California, and I also don't talk to him. Really, so, but I could just out of the blue call like, him up and say, "Hey, you want to watch Amazon? You want to watch uh, Roller Derby on uh, Amazon Prime or whatever? <laughs> Not Roller Derby, Rollerball. Rollerball. Not just Roller Derby. I don't know, just want to <laughs> sit down and watch Roller Derby with him. <laughs> yeah." Uh, yeah. yeah, so, bad movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think movies this bad and strange get made anymore. Yeah, because this movie clearly costs a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah. It's got, like, not not good production values, but, like, it's got sets and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it. I didn't look up the budget, but it had to have been pretty sizable well i have i have the budget yeah. here for the box office info yeah. um uh, so chris if you don't know we at the very end we talk about the box office performance and then we talk about the critical performance mm-hmm. and we guess the uh oh dan's laughing about something <laughs> well i looked at the budget again <laughs> yeah. uh we uh we talk about the critical performance and we play uh a guessing game where Dan asks me 
what I think the Rotten Tomatoes score was oh, okay. for the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Metacritic score. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, and, and obviously, uh, you, we're going to get your guess on those yeah. as well. Um, but first, let's go over the box office. So this movie had an estimated budget of $70 million. Oh, shit. <laughs> pretty, pretty high. <laughs> pretty high, especially uh, with the product that we got. Yeah. Um, it opened at uh, number three at the box office yeah. this, this weekend, uh, which was February 8th again. Mm-hmm. as the last movie of February 8th for us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number one was collateral damage. Number two is big fat liar, both of which we just did on previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, this came in at number three, uh, made nine million dollars opening Oof. weekend. Not yeah. very good. Um, it went on to gross eighteen point nine million dollars. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Against a seventy million dollar budget, uh, it only added about seven million uh, internationally. So it only made about twenty five, twenty six million dollars. Uh, so it's a huge flop. Yeah, big disaster. Obviously, it's if Mc, if this movie hadn't sat in development hell, McTiernan probably wouldn't have gotten to make Basic. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason he got to make Basic is because this movie. <clears throat> He was probably making it while this movie was just yeah. kind of sitting yeah. around. Right. Um, so that being said, nobody liked it. At yeah. the you know nobody went and saw it, but but that doesn't necessarily mean the critics felt that way about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you think the critics felt about uh, Rollerball? What's your guess for the Rotten Tomatoes score, Chris? We're gonna start with you first. Actually. Yeah. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve. Uh, yeah, I remember it being, uh, very poorly reviewed, uh, so I will go pretty low, uh, I was thinking maybe around the same as you, uh, I'll go, like, I'll say ten. It's a three percent. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Three. It's, oh, wow. It's the, the worst reviewed movie that we've watched, I think, uh, I think it's worse than, uh, 88 Minutes. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> meta, meta score out of a hundred, uh, any guesses on that? The meta score, if you're not, uh, familiar is basically like the average score that critics give it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 12. Okay. That was, you just took my number, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll go... Six. Okay, it was 14. A little uh, higher, a little uh, higher, but that just means that okay. critics on average gave this movie like a 1.4 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, pretty bad. Uh, so this, this uh, I think this is the worst reviewed 2002 movie that we've done. Uh, obviously, we did a bonus episode on 2008's 88 minutes <laughs> but <laughs> no one to this day knows really why we did that yeah. other than we wanted to nobody's, do it. <laughs> nobody's but, called us out on it yeah we we only call ourselves out um so yeah worst uh, worst reviewed movie probably the biggest budget to uh yeah, yeah. this flop that yeah. we've covered too. i think collateral damage had a bigger budget Collateral Damage had a bigger budget, but it but also it, made a little more money. It made money. more money. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
so that's about it, I think, for Rollerball 2002. Yeah, any other random thoughts on it? I, uh, I mean, I, again, it's a, it's a bizarre experience to watch this movie. <laughs> which is, I think, maybe the number one reason to watch it. Yeah. Is that it's... you. You just don't really know what you're watching. Right. I, I don't know. I, I got nothing else on it. Well, I got something. Okay. That's all I got. Chris, do you have any plugs? Anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, man. You got a show coming up? Yeah. Or uh, a DJ yeah. gig? or? Yeah, so... So I guess I'll do I'll do a couple. So I'm um, March sixth at Alex's Bar in Long Beach. My band Dross. We're coming straight off playing a wedding. My grandcore band. We'll be playing at at Alex's Bar with a good lineup: Flatbush and Dower and Sick. And then this is the this year's gonna be the ten year anniversary of Free Dirt, which is a DJ night that I've been doing with our good friend Desirable D. It's gonna be at the Stash May thirteenth, which happens to be my birthday, because I don't like to plan things for my birthday. And if things land on my birthday, then that's what I do for my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on my birthday, May thirteenth, that's like a ten year anniversary. So it's the birthday of Free Dirt. And yeah, got a got. Other stuff, but I think that's good for. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, th- and also the third Friday of March will be, uh, Ritual, Ritual Boogie, Boogie Transmission, Transmission, which is another DJ night that yes. you and I do together with Desirable D. Yes. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Andrew? Uh, my plugs. I think the only one I got is. Uh, what I just said, Ritual Boogie Transmission. So I was going to leave you to do that. Yeah, uh, which is the third Friday of March. I cannot remember the exact date. Uh, I could pull it up right now. Uh, that would be March 18th. Yeah, at the Bamboo Club in Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Dan? Any? Uh, no, no, nothing. Any plugs? Um, uh just remember rate review subscribe to the podcast uh on uh, itunes if you can uh and then i think we're probably gonna do the bad news bears trilogy right i mean your I'm, eyes lit up when i'm I down said it, uh, so. <laughs> uh chris if you don't know i've been pushing a uh we do bonus episodes called Home Video Editions, where we talk okay. about movies that came out on DVD and home video in 2002, and the Bad News Bears trilogy came out on DVD Ooh. in February of 2002, and I've been telling him we got to do an episode on <laughs> the whole trilogy. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of watching. And I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> he's, he's been giving me a little bit of pushback, but uh, that will... I think be the next episode if we do it. Nice. Yeah. 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 And then after that, it's uh, on a, a two part episode. Yeah. On to our next proper episode, which is a two part. It's Crossroads, starring Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And, and what better movie to pair that with than Hearts War? And Hearts War <laughs> with uh, Colin Farrell and Bruce Willis. That's uh, two weeks from now. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. That's all I got. 
Unless I should play the sound effect one more time. Let's, yeah, let's do it. One more yeah, time. one more time for the listeners. The best moment from Rollerball <laughs> 2002 <laughs> is... <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Adios. Thank you. No, wait. I just put my password in. It's rollerball. (laughs) You got rollerball in the brain. (laughs) R0L. Yeah. (laughs) 1-1. 3R <laughs> B4 one, one. <laughs>